You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, brought to you by Xmark Manufacturing. 30 years of pioneering spirit and innovation have resulted in legendary durability, all-day comfort, and unmatched cut quality. Go check them out at xmark.com. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now, here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 373, entitled Switching Clients to Weekly Service. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week, as always. And, of course, for the questions, the comments, and the feedback uh, that you guys send through. Uh, in fact, uh, this week's episode is another one that is uh, based uh, on uh, one of uh, the questions uh, that I've gotten uh, through uh, an Instagram uh, DM, and I thought uh, it was a good question uh, that would, uh, you know, uh, be a good question to use uh, for a podcast episode. Just makes it uh, easier for me to sort of uh, talk through. Uh, my explanation instead of uh, typing out uh, a long-winded uh, response to uh, just one person. thought uh, it would uh, help uh, a few of you guys that may uh, be thinking about the same uh, sort of thing. Uh, before we get into that, uh, though... Uh, just a reminder for you guys as well, if you have uh, those questions and comments and feedback uh, that uh, I uh, talk about uh, each episode, uh, if there's a question uh, that uh, you want to ask, um, you know, doing so, uh, I may turn that into an episode uh, as well and uh, give you sort of a, a more elaborate answer than just, uh, you know, a few uh, sentences uh, reply, uh, you know, in a DM and stuff. So if you send me a message or a question and you don't get a response right away, it may be because I am, uh, you know, thinking that it'll be a good way to uh, respond uh, in terms of an episode. So, uh, yeah, send your questions in and uh, you may have an actual episode uh, being, uh, you know, the whole subject of that episode uh, based on your question. Uh, so this week uh, is uh, September uh, the 5th. At the time of recording this, this episode comes out on the 6th, uh, the next day after the Tuesday regular uh, episode. It's a Labor Day uh, weekend. And this is always sort of, uh, for me at least, uh, kind of a sad uh, time because uh, for me, uh, at least where I'm from here, it's the week where... Uh, all the kids go back to school here in Canada, uh, at least here on the West Coast. They go back this first week of September. So it really marks that sort of end of summer. And for me, that is my favorite season. I love summer. Summer is, for me, uh, my favorite time of the year. Uh, next, uh, after that would be spring, uh, and then uh, probably fall, and then winter last. Uh, is how I would uh, kind of rate the seasons in terms of uh, my preference. So for me, I've always loved summer. It just means, uh, you know, all the outdoor activities that I love, uh, 
especially like camping and uh, family vacations and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it's just for me, especially after obviously it wouldn't be coming as a surprise for for you guys that listen to this podcast when I talk about all the rain we get through, uh, you know, the fall, the winter, and even, uh, you know, part of the spring. It always feels like it's seven months of uh, just gray overcast skies and uh, wet conditions uh, here in the Pacific Northwest. So, no surprise that summer uh, when we have uh, the drought and hot weather and sunshine uh, for the majority of uh, the, you know the two months uh, would be uh, you know my favorite uh, time of year. So uh, this uh, year is no different. Like I said, uh, just uh, really enjoying um, you know uh, my time this summer uh, and. Uh, you know, just activities uh, that I've been able to uh, do this year, uh, again, uh, with the uh, return of sort of the back to normal uh, with, uh, you know, the COVID pandemic and all that sort of stuff, uh, having the borders uh, open up between Canada and the United States, uh, just kind of feels back to normal now to be able to, even though there are still some you know, precautions and things that have to be taken and some requirements in terms of crossing the border are still not 100% uh, the same, but it's still, you know, night and day to what it was before when there was complete lockdown for a couple of years there of not being able to cross the border at all. Uh, so it's been nice to be able to go back to the uh, recreational property there in Washington State that I have and, uh, you know, spend a lot of time there around the campfire and, uh, you know, just uh, doing all sorts of activities, kayaking uh, on the lakes and things and, uh, you know, just generally uh, enjoying, uh, you know, a sort of a semi-normal summer uh, compared to the last two years where uh, haven't been able to do uh, any of that stuff. Uh, even things like, uh, you know, kayaking and stuff. I guess I could have rented kayaks here in Canada, but like all my kayaks, everything that I own, um, you know, my golf cart, all that stuff was in Washington State and not being able to cross the border, uh, obviously, uh, was kind of a bummer. Uh, so it was like, you know, didn't have any of that stuff and camping gear and even all you know, things like that, uh, that I, you know, uh, took over there that I didn't really need uh, because the property I have has full utilities, power, sewer, all that sort of stuff. But I had taken all like, you know, my Coleman gas lanterns and all that sort of stuff that I, you know, used to use for regular camping uh, before I purchased uh, that uh, recreational property. And just had it all there uh, before. And uh, so then when the, you know, borders shut down and all that during the pandemic, I had like nothing. I had none of my camping gear, Coleman stoves, all that sort of stuff was just all there. Uh, even though I never used it there because like I said, we had, um, you know, full utilities and everything there. So I didn't need all that camping gear there. Um, and uh, so it was kind of a bummer because I was like, man, can't even go camping in Canada and stuff because I don't want to buy all that stuff again because, you know, I probably never need it. And I've already got all that stuff, but it just happens to be on the wrong side of the border at this time with the border being closed. Uh, so it was nice to be able to, uh, you know, do that. And I ironically brought all that stuff back and just brought it all home to keep at home just for, you know, future issues. If they're, you know, uh, hopefully the border uh, between Canada and the U.S. will never be closed again. Uh, in fact, it, you know, it, uh, it, the border crossing that I go to is called the Peace Arch uh, border crossing. And uh, there's these big um, 
this big archway there that marks uh, the friendship between uh, Canada and the United States, uh, sort of the brotherhood uh, of the two countries. And, uh, you know, underneath the, uh, the arches, there's these symbolic gates um, that are always uh, open. And it says uh, there uh, something to the effect of may these gates never close. And uh, so it was... Uh, you know, uh, having that and then, uh, you know, having the actual border actually be closed during uh, the pandemic uh, was quite, uh, you know, quite the um, significant uh, type of uh, event uh, to have, uh, you know, borders uh, between the citizens uh, not being able to travel freely between these two countries uh, was quite a, a thing, right? So uh, hopefully that'll never happen again, uh, that uh, those borders uh, will, uh, you know, not be uh, closed between Canada and the U.S. for uh, anything like that. Um but uh, yeah, it's nice uh, that it's back to normal. But I brought that stuff back anyways because I thought, well, maybe, uh, you know, uh, might want to go camping in Canada one time or maybe my kids might want to go on a camping trip with friends or something that, you know, uh, thing and then maybe they'll need that gear. So I uh, just brought uh, all that stuff uh, uh, back earlier in the spring uh, when the borders uh, did open. Uh, so just a quick uh, reminder as well uh, for you guys. Uh, I know a lot of you guys in the U.S., uh, a lot of kids are already back to school. Like I said earlier, in Canada, this sort of marks uh, that back-to-school week here, the, the first week of September. So just be cautious when you guys are driving around with your trucks and trailers and you're going through those school zones that, uh, you know, they're back in effect. Uh, I think that's how it works everywhere. You know, here in Canada, when, you know, uh, when you're going through a school zone, obviously, um, during summertime uh, and Christmas vacation, all that sort of stuff, uh, that sort of uh, reduced speed limit isn't in effect. It's only in effect during like school days. Uh, so I'm pretty sure that's how it is across North America. Uh, so just be, uh, you know, uh, w cautious that uh, when you're driving through school zones now that uh, those reduced speed limits are uh, in effect and to uh, watch out uh, for uh, all of the increased uh, pedestrian traffic uh, around school zones. Uh, also, uh, just a quick reminder as well, it is September the 5th, uh, so you've got about uh, four days left or so. I believe it's uh, September the 9th uh, for that early bird uh, registration pricing uh, for the Equip Expo. Uh, it's coming uh, very quick. Uh, so October 18th, uh, the uh, Expo kicks off there in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, so just over a month uh, away, and uh, if you're thinking about registering and you want to get uh, or take advantage of that 50% off uh, show passes, you can use my discount code Julio. Uh, I'll leave a link there in the podcast show notes. Uh, if you click that link, it'll take you right to the registration page. And I believe the 50% off is already applied as soon as you uh, use that link. Um, but if you're just going to the Equip Expo website, I'm going to register, then you can just manually enter Julio in the discount code, coupon code, uh, promotional code, whatever they're calling it there on the checkout uh, website. Uh, so J-U-L-I-O, and that'll give you uh, that 50% off of your uh, Equip Expo uh, show passes. Uh, alternatively as well, uh, you can go to my website, lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash equip, uh, E-Q-U-I-P, and that'll take you straight to that registration page again with that uh, registration uh, discount already applied. Uh, so uh, just a couple of different ways uh, to do it. If you've been thinking about uh, 
getting those Equip Expo uh, show passes at 50% off. Makes it uh, a nice little uh, easy way uh, on the wallet uh, to be able to uh, go. And if you're thinking about, uh, you know, if you've got crew uh, that you're thinking about, uh, you know, doing sort of a, a team um, or a full work event with your uh, crew members and stuff uh, to take them out there uh, and do some, uh, you know, bonding uh, with your uh, work crews and all that sort of stuff. Uh, a good way to do it. Good way to have a uh, a work event uh, and have some good, uh, you know, tax write offs as well uh, to go uh, to the Equip Expo and try out uh, all the new different uh, pieces of equipment and to be able to. Uh, network and uh, talk to uh, you know some of the people that you may follow uh, online on Instagram and uh, you know YouTube and all that stuff that you may uh, be seeing. I know they have got uh, some uh, classes and things uh, and seminars and things that you can take part uh, uh, as well and uh, check that out. So uh, very very cool event, very fun event. So uh, make sure uh, you check into it if you're thinking about going and uh, that discounted code. You've got a few days left uh, here about four days left from the time of uh, uh, this recording, three or four days left or so. September 9th, I believe, is uh, the cutoff for using uh, those uh, uh, discount codes that you'll find uh, through different uh, people on social media. Uh, So I'm just going to take a quick break and then uh, we'll get into this week's episode in its entirety right after this. So stay tuned. Summer showers, dust that chokes, acres that just won't end. Exmark knows the job of a landscape professional isn't an easy one. That's why we've crafted a legendary line of mowers built to overcome any obstacle. So you're ready to close the deal and finish the job, like you always do. Cut from the same red metal as your Exmark mower, you aren't just good at this. You were built for this. Okay, so as I mentioned at the top of uh, the show there, that this week's episode is based off of a question uh, that I got from uh, one of the Instagram uh, followers, uh, and I thought it would make a good um, episode that uh, you know a lot of you guys uh, may be thinking about um, the similar uh, question, and uh, thought I would uh, uh, respond to this person uh, via an episode and uh, do it that way. Uh, a lot of times uh, with questions and comments that I get, um, you know, the question or comment that somebody may ask me may be, you know, a short little paragraph, or sometimes it's just a one or two line uh, type of a question, but it requires, uh, you know, maybe a couple of paragraphs uh, for me to type out. Um, and, uh, you know, there's been a lot of cases in, in the past where I go to respond to somebody and, you know, there's not enough characters uh, allowed uh, through Instagram DM. And I'm doing like multiple messages just to answer uh, because of uh, the restricted space. So uh, I've started to do as I've done throughout the past where, you know, I think it'll benefit people and uh, where it takes a little bit more of an explanation that uh, makes a good episode. So uh, like I said, if you've got a question uh, that you're uh, thinking of or have been wanting to ask me uh, or you're waiting for a response on, um, you know, I may be turning it into an episode. So uh, stay tuned uh, for that and uh, submit uh, all of your questions. So this week's question comes from uh, a follower uh, named Louie. And he says, hi, Julio, I'm going to attempt to get my clients to switch over to weekly visits. I have two questions for you. Number one, 
do you charge a higher per visit rate when you go to bi-weekly over the summer? He says, I know some lawns are irrigated and continue on a weekly schedule. Number two, would you recommend I wait until next spring to pitch this idea? Should I try it now before the fall rains start up again? Keep up the good work uh, with your podcast. Thank you for your time, Louis. Well, Louis, thank you so much for uh, submitting your question. I really do appreciate uh, you listening to the podcast and for also uh, following me on Instagram. Uh, I really do appreciate that. So I'm going to answer your question uh, and... uh, just to sort of uh, summarize, I know that you know uh, part of this because uh, you, you know, stated that you know that uh, some of the lawns, uh, you know, uh, get irrigated and they are still on a weekly schedule. But for those that don't know uh, how I uh, do my lawn care business, uh, when I first started, I was all over the map, uh, just trying to figure it out uh, 17 years ago. And uh, I was offering everything, you know, if a customer wanted me to show up uh, on a weekly time, you know, visit uh, for mowing the lawn, that's what I quoted them. If they were asking for, you know, bi-weekly every two weeks, uh, that's what, uh, you know, I would quote them for. If a customer wanted me to show up every 10 days, that's what I quoted them for. I, you know, I even had a customer or a couple uh, actually that were... One of them, uh, or maybe a couple of them were like once a month uh, that I would go and uh, mow their lawn. And I had uh, a few as well that uh, they would phone me and let me know when they thought the lawn needed mowing. Uh, and, you know, I just was... Uh, tried to stay very flexible, we'll say, uh, when I first started my lawn care business. Because again, as I talk about all the time uh, on this podcast about that teeter-totter, right? When you're first starting uh, in your lawn care business, you're going to have a lot of available time uh, versus the amount of clients you have or the amount of work you have, right? You're going to have more available time versus uh, the amount of work you have. As you get more established in your business, then that teeter-totter starts to tip. Those scales start to tip in the other direction. And then you get to a point uh, eventually where, like I am now, where I have more jobs uh, that I could take on versus the time I have available and actually have customers now asking me, to do certain jobs, uh, you know, whether it's like hedge trimming and uh, tree pruning and all that sort of stuff. And I put those jobs on a list, basically, right? I don't even promise customers what day I'm going to do it or when I just say, I'll put it on the list and I'll get to it, you know, as soon as I can, uh, basically is what I say now. Uh, And I don't even take a lot of those jobs, like, for example, uh, for hedge trimming and things like that. I don't even take on new clients that are looking for just a one-time like hedge trim. Uh, I only now do uh, hedge trimming and pruning and anything extra. I only do it for regular lawn mowing clients now. Uh, So I don't even take on that extra work uh, from clients who are not interested in mowing, that they just want their hedges trimmed or trees pruned or stuff like that. I don't even do that anymore. I only do that stuff for uh, regular lawn mowing clients because it's enough work for me uh, to be able to handle. I don't have the time uh, to be able to do those extra jobs. So 
I learned very quickly in the beginning uh, that offering all of those different mowing schedules, the biweekly, the uh, every 10 days, the every, um, you know, once a month, the, hey, having the customer call me when they needed a mow. And it was always like, that one was probably the worst because it was like, you know, they would wait three weeks or so, and then they would just kind of like email me out of the blue and say, you know, uh, I need you to come mow my lawn tomorrow. Right. And it was like, what? Like, you know, and he'd be calling, you know, on a Thursday and he'd want it cut on the Friday, of course. Right. Uh, for the weekend and, uh, that sort of thing. And it's like, you know, and at the time in the beginning, it was fine because I had a lot of uh, space and I could, you know, I would just squeeze people in. I was, you know, just, you know, hustling, uh, doing what I could uh, to uh, get the business going. But I learned that that's not efficient, that that's not, you can't do that because that one client who's calling every three weeks or whenever he thinks it needs mowing, number one, the lawn would be like overgrown. It would take a lot more work to mow. He'd expect it to be, you know, the same price as, uh, you know, a normal mowing. Uh, and he'd want it done like that next day. And he could be in a neighborhood that was across town. And it's like, well, I can't, you know, it doesn't make sense to drive across town to go do this one lawn when maybe I'll be in that area, you know, next week on the Tuesday or something like that or on the Monday. Right. But, you know, uh, it was just one of those things. So I always, you know, I felt pressure though that I had to do it. Otherwise, I would I would lose this client? Not understanding that that client was not profitable, anyways. Uh, so I made the decision, and then originally I kind of did it in phases. I, uh, you know, I cut out those, you know, once a month type jobs. I cut out that, um, you know, the clients that were, you know, calling me when they thought it needed, and I went and I even cut out the every ten day uh, jobs because. Uh, for that, it made sense to me in the beginning to do either weekly or biweekly. Those I thought was was fine because um, at least it was on a set schedule that uh, where I could do the same neighborhoods each uh, day each week. Now, some clients may need it, you know, every two weeks. Some clients may need it. Uh, every week. And I thought, you know, well, that's still doable. I'm still going to that, you know, that lawn um, or that neighborhood on the same day. It's just that, you know, maybe this week I have, uh, you know, one client on the street, maybe next week I have two clients on that street because, you know, I'm also doing a biweekly cut that week. So I thought that was acceptable. But the 10 day cut just threw a wrench into everything. Because again, the travel time, it was like, well, now this week, you know, maybe I do the first time I, you know, when I first sign up that customer, Maybe it's a Tuesday when I'm in that neighborhood and I go do that cut. But then the next, you know, in 10 days when it needs a cut, well, now it's not landing on a Tuesday. Now it's landing on a completely different day. And throughout the season, it's always changing the, you know, every 10 days. Uh, so it was like, well, that's, you know, ridiculous. And if I just wait to do it or, you know, it, it just, if I do it earlier to try to make it work on the day, then they're, you know, might be complaining because it's not 10 days yet. If I wait longer, uh, after the 10 days so that it falls on a day that I'm going on that neighborhood, then it's a lot of extra work that I'm not getting, you know, paid for. Cause you know, in the springtime, especially when it's growing like crazy, then, um, you know, it's an issue. So I cut out those right away. Uh, and then, I started to see the same sort of a pattern with those two week cuts where it was like, well, this doesn't make sense because, you know, here, especially with the rain and stuff and having to, you know, getting that rainy weather for so many months, 
it was a pain because the only uh, I started to see a pattern where basically it was, you know, clients who wanted to cut every two weeks. It wasn't necessarily that the lawn didn't need cutting every week. It was just because they didn't care about what their lawn looked like, that they just wanted it cut. So they were just looking for the cheapest alternative, uh, you know, the cheapest way to do it within reason. And so for me, it was like, okay, well, this isn't really working because they want a two-week cut because they just want to save some money, which is understandable, whatever, that's their choice. But it doesn't work for me because... You know, I can show up on a week and, you know, we've got some good weather, the grass is dry, and I'm mowing the neighbor's lawn, but I can't mow this particular client's lawn because he wants a two-week cut, and this is, you know, maybe I cut it last week, but it's a nice sunny day. And then, you know, the next week happens, and I go there on the same day of the week and cut the neighbor's lawn, who's, you know, that lawn was cut last week, but now, you know, I got to cut this two-week cut, but now it's raining uh, this particular week. Now, the the lawn that cut cut last week, it's not as much of an issue because it you know it grew a couple inches. Most of the mowers can handle it. There's not really an option for me to skip it because when rain season hits, it's raining for weeks on end. Uh, sometimes there's not you know sometimes there's not a break or there's a break for an hour or something like that, right? And it's like you can't fit all your lawns in you know that one hour or two hours that it's not raining that week. Uh, so you know lawns have to get cut in the rain and. So it just, you know, it didn't work for me because I was like, well, this lawn, you know, if I had cut it last week, um, you know, I'd be able to cut it a lot easier this week. And so I suffer through these two week cuts in wet weather where they've grown, you know, maybe six inches, eight inches long, especially if it's like the spring and you're trying to cut or bag, it's clogging, you can't mulch, you can't, you know, side discharging is a huge mess with wet grass and stuff like that. So it was just like, it didn't work where the weekly cuts, I was able to still even bag uh, with like the 21 inch mower or, you know, early on when I had the Walker GHS mower, it would handle, you know, the wet grass and stuff like that. And uh, so I started, you know what, this doesn't work. W- you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to switch everybody to a weekly cut. It's going to be the only service that I offer is a weekly but I still, you know, understood that there would be some resistance in the summertime because we do get that drought here where there's a couple of weeks uh, or sorry, a couple of months where we might not get any rain at all. Uh, we would get through a real dry spell and lawns kind of turn brown. So I thought, you know, there's going to be some resistance because not everybody, not all of my clients do fertilizers or water their lawns or things like that, right? So there's some lawns that are going to get pretty dry and it's just dandelions and stuff like that. And, you know, they're not going to want a weekly cut. So I thought, okay, what's the fairest way to do this? Because, um, you know, in the springtime, I'm having to deal with wet lawns, even on the weekly cuts, the wet lawns in the rain and stuff like that take a lot longer to cut versus, you know, on a day where it's dry and, uh, you know, just clean up and blowing and stuff like that. You don't have to blow as long on a, uh, you know, a dry day versus a wet day when the grass is sticking and, you know, from your trimming and stuff like that might be sticking on the concrete pavement and stuff takes a lot longer to uh, clean that up. So I thought, what's the, what's the best way to do this? And I thought, well, you know, what about a weekly, and I called it a weekly as needed service. So basically, I started the system where from March until the end of June, 
uh, every client, every house has to get a weekly cut regardless, because I know that it's there's going to be consistent rain. So whether you have fertilizers or you don't fertilize, that lawn is always growing each week. Obviously, if you fertilize, it's growing a lot more, uh, but even the lawns that don't get fertilizer still grow consistently. So everybody gets a weekly cut regardless, no exceptions. That's just the way it is. July and August, typically the two months where we get drought here, where the rain stops and we get uh, a reprieve from that and it gets dry, uh, then I w- I said that's where that as needed uh, comes into it. And so the lawns that typically I still, you know, the ones that I fertilize and do aerations and those ones are tend to be the ones that also water and irrigate, not all of them, but uh, most of them they would just continue on a weekly cut. And generally those clients, if they're spending money on fertilizers and all that stuff, you know, they want their lawns cut every week. They they are the ones that have pride in it. If they didn't, they wouldn't be spending money on fertilizers and wanting a green lawn and all that sort of stuff. So those ones aren't an issue. I continue to cut those every week. It's that other uh, half of the lawns where they don't spend any money on any of the other stuff. They just want the mowing done where I go, okay, well, now we're going to drop down to a biweekly cut on those ones. So every two weeks. So as a lot of you guys know, my uh, mowing uh, schedule is set up to I only mow lawns on Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays each week. That leaves my Mondays and Fridays for those extra jobs, those hedge trims, those uh, prunings, all that other stuff. And that's why I don't promise, uh, you know, those jobs uh, to clients like what day I'm going to do it. I just say I'm going to put it on my list because I'll tend to, um, you know, group jobs together. If I know I'm doing, you know, hedge trimming for one person, I'll just kind of hold on to it. And instead of going on a Friday or something to go do a, you know, a hedge trimming for one person, I'll wait a few days because, you know, there's always going to be somebody else asking for something to be done. And then I'll group those together, then go on a Friday or whatever, or on a Monday. And then I've got a couple of hedge trimming jobs that I can do and fill the day that way. And then that way I'm, you know, because I only take, uh, you know, ever since my trailer and equipment got stolen, I only take the equipment that I'm using that day uh, with me. So that way I'm loading, you know, head trimmers and ladders and things that I need for head trim jobs. You know, I can uh, do multiple jobs a lot easier and not have to load and unload equipment all the time for that sort of stuff. So it works really well in that respect. So with the lawn mowing, uh, that Tuesday, uh, Wednesday and Thursday, you know, on the uh, summertime, that on week, I call it on weeks and off weeks. So the on week is when I'm mowing everybody. Uh, so everybody's getting a lawn mow. So then the following week would be an off week in that July and August. So that means that I'm only mowing those lawns that need a cut. Now, because I mow Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. The other thing I do to adapt the schedule is uh, that I combine all of those lawns together in one day because I can usually get them all done in one day. But, you know, I may have two or three from the Tuesday cut. I may have, you know, two or three from the Wednesday, may have two or three or four, whatever the case may be, uh, from the Thursday. So what I do is I just do them on the Wednesdays. So the Tuesday people get their lawn mode one day later on that alternating week on the Wednesday. And the Thursday people get their lawns mode one day earlier on the Wednesday 
And of course, the Wednesday people just maintain a Wednesday cut. Uh, and that way it, you know, it's pretty, uh, works out pretty well. And then the following week, when it's an on week again, then everybody gets cut on their regular, uh, mowing day. And I found that it's a system that works really, really well. And for the most part, I get, um, very little resistance to it because it's fair. Uh, now there's a couple of times where I, you know, I do get some resistance uh, to it and, you know, customers will say, and, and they're generally the, the clients that come up that are, you know, end up being, you know, like the cheapest clients. They're, they're looking for just the cheapest job or whatever the case may be. They don't want to spend uh, any money. And uh, they'll be like, you know, in the summertime, you mowed it the last week, you skip this, you know, the next week and you're, you're uh, off week. And you've only mowed, you know, those lawns that really need uh, to be mowed. So then the next week comes up and, you know, you get, you know, one or two clients occasionally throughout the years where that are like, uh, you know, they're emailing, go, oh, you know, it doesn't need a cut this week. Right. And it's like, well, um, you know, that's not going to work for me because this is, uh, you know, your, um, this is the on week where I'm cutting everybody. Uh, next week's the off week. And I'm, you know, if I start uh, switching it up now, the schedule's messed up in terms of, you know, that portion of it. And, you know, it also doesn't work out as well because, you know, the other thing I think about and I've, I've told people is that, um, you know, in the fall or sorry, yeah, both actually in the fall and the spring when the lawn is growing like crazy, like I said, it, it, it does take extra time uh, to mow uh, during those wet conditions versus when uh, the lawn is dry. Uh, so the minute that, you know, the lawn is in a drought situation, those cheaper clients will, you know, hit you with the, it doesn't need a mow, uh, but you'll never find them in the tougher conditions when you're out there working uh, like a dog in the rain uh, because you have to or whatever the case may be uh, and come and volunteer to pay you more money because they see that it's taking you longer than it does normally. That never happens. Uh, but like I said, as soon as it's dry, then it's like, oh, now it doesn't need a mow. It doesn't need this, right? So I always say, you know, that you have to maintain the bi-weekly mowing at a minimum. So the minimum service level is every two weeks in the summertime at my discretion. So I'm the one that decides whether your lawn is a weekly cut or a bi-weekly cut in the summertime. And I say it because... And I explained to them because in the spring and summer, um, the only way as a business person for me, because everybody wants to know how much it's going to cost to mow their lawn. So they don't want to know that you're going to charge them a variable rate each week, depending on how long it takes you. They want to know that, hey, it's $40 a week every time you mow. That's what they want to know. That's what they're going to agree to. They're not going to agree to you saying, well, your price is going to change every week, depending on how long it takes me, right? They'll be like, well, no, that doesn't work, right? Just tell me how much it costs, right? So the only way that I can do that, because I know that that's always going to change, uh, the amount of time that it takes me is always going to change because of the weather conditions, 
how I say I balance it out is having that minimum service agreement of uh, having the every two weeks in uh, the summertime, knowing that, hey, you know, if I'm here and, you know, maybe every two weeks, maybe your lawn doesn't need every two weeks. Maybe, you know, it could be fine with every three weeks, but we're going to maintain every two weeks because yes, I'm still cutting. I'm still, you know, probably knocking down some dandelions and that I'm, you know, keeping an eye on the edging and stuff, making sure that it's all good. And maybe it doesn't take me as long. Maybe it's faster to mow. In fact, I'll admit uh, throughout the summer, it is faster for me to mow because a lot of the times I can get away with, uh, just uh, mowing and uh, trimming and I don't have to edge uh, because the lawn just isn't growing as quick. So that saves me quite a bit of time. In fact, I've noticed with using the uh, Milwaukee trimmer with the batteries, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the spring, you know, kind of, uh, you know, making the switch to battery power, keeping track of it so that I can, you know, fill you guys in on how it's going and all that sort of stuff. And earlier in the spring, I was using, you know, two to three batteries of the nine amp hour batteries to get through a day uh, on average. And most times two batteries, sometimes I'd have the third and would have to pop it in just to get through like the last lawn or maybe the last two lawns or whatever the case may be. What I've noticed is doing a full day in the summertime, I've been able to get away with doing all the lawns with one battery uh, and sometimes one and a little bit, but usually just one battery because... I'm not doing uh, all of the edging and stuff uh, throughout most of the summer because every time I go there, it looks like it's you know still been edged. Uh, so I'm just doing all the sort of the flat trimming in the areas that the mower can't get to, and then I'm just mowing. Uh, so and then uh, with the mowing, I've been doing a lot of mulching uh, with the commercial uh, thirty, uh, putting the mulch plug in and stuff to keep the dust down and things like that, and um, that's been saving a lot of time as well because I don't have to stop and empty the mower bag and all that sort of stuff. It, it works really well. So it saves me quite a bit of time between those two things. So I admit that it's not taking me as long, but my counter to that with clients is that it only makes up for all the times through the spring and the fall, which equal a lot more months in the spring, you know, you're talking March, April, May, June, uh, and then the fall, uh, September, October, and part of uh, November, where the conditions aren't ideal, and it takes me much longer, uh, having to you know empty uh, clipping bags and stuff on multiple properties, and all that sort of stuff uh, multiple times. Uh, so you know it, it makes up for those times, uh, and uh, the other thing is that it keeps your spot on the schedule because the other thing I explain is that I can't, as a single solo operator, uh, I can only maintain a certain amount of properties during peak season, uh, when it is wet, when the leaves are falling and need to be cleaned up on a weekly basis and all that sort of stuff. There's only so much that I can do, especially going into the fall when daylight hours are limited and in early spring when daylight hours are limited um, and, you know, gets darker fast and all that sort of stuff. So there's only so much I can do. So there's only so many clients that I take on. So if a you know, client comes along and that's why, you know, I started implementing uh, the contracts and all that stuff and, and only doing the weekly uh, as needed system with the bi-weekly as the minimal level with, uh, you know, uh, 
credit card payments and putting all of my you know policies up front and all that sort of stuff was because of that streamlining learning year by year and then you know uh, adding a, a cancellation surcharge mid-season all that sort of stuff it's all these things that i've learned throughout the years to kind of refine it to find those and attract just those ideal customers uh, that are okay with all of that stuff because that's what makes uh, the business the most efficient uh, because you know like I said being able to uh, do that uh, and only being able to maintain all those customers the last thing you want is if I'm taking on you know, a limited set of customers, say you're only taking on 40 customers or 50 customers, whatever it is that you think that you can handle as a solo operator for a weekly as needed service, you know, during the fall and spring when it's like the crazy busy time. Um, you know, you're going to get the phone calls are always coming in. There's always people looking for lawn service. So you're then, once you're at your capacity, you're telling those other clients that you can't take on any more uh, work, right? That your, your schedule is full. So in some cases, those clients could have been your ideal potential customer. And you know, you, you're saying no, because you've taken on other clients. And then these other clients that you've taken on are turning around then in the summer saying, oh, it doesn't need a cut. Oh, you know, I don't think it's fair, or whatever the case may be. And it's like, you know what, I had to say no um, to these other clients that were potentially, you know, weekly, all throughout the year clients um, that wanted fertilizer, whatever the case may be, because I was already committed to you. I committed to you that I would be here, uh, that you wouldn't have to worry about your lawn, that, you know, I would take care of it. And now you're, you know, it's, you're, you're letting me down is basically how I think of it is that now you're, um, you're not taking that into consideration that good help is hard to find. So I have a zero, um, tolerance like for that uh, when customers start uh, playing games like that it's basically like that's strike one like here's the the thing um and now i just referred to them to their uh, uh like a couple weeks ago i had a customer that did it and i was asking about um or saying it doesn't need a cut or whatever the case may be and uh i just said uh explain to them uh, as I've just you know, explained to you, you guys here on the podcast, and I referred them to their original quote uh, that they agreed on, right? The terms and so I say, uh, please refer to the original, your original quote, uh, or to the terms and conditions on the original quote that you agreed to. And I, you know, because it's all there, it's all in explanation, all explained and stuff like that uh, to them, and that's what they agreed to. And then they come back and they're like, oh, okay, no problem, uh, because it is what it is, right? If they uh, don't like it, they can cancel. Uh, but then I'm going to charge them a cancellation policy again because I saw people taking advantage of the situation where they would hire me and, you know, how much to cut the lawn and stuff like that, regular service. And I, you know, give them the quote and they'd say, you know, great. But then you'd get into summer and they would cancel uh, service because they just wanted uh the service during the wet, nasty season because they didn't want to do it themselves. But then as soon as it was dry for two months, they're like, yeah, I don't want to cut it or they could, you know, take care of it from then on. Right. So I started to see that pattern. I was like, oh, well, now you're, you know, uh, canceling service in July, which is leaving, uh, you know, an empty spot. And, you know, there may be customers waiting uh, that I could fill that spot uh, for. I knew customers that are like on a waiting list or something. There may not. Uh, and now you've, uh, you know, you've, 
you've made me turn down other clients that could have potentially been uh, full service clients all year long. And now, you know, in the spring where the majority of my calls are coming in um, and now having to wait to see if I can fill that spot or maybe it stays empty for the rest of the, the remainder of the season. And now I'm potentially losing uh, a lot more income, which is why I have that cancellation policy now in place. Uh, and uh, that cancellation policy only uh, gets waived, uh, obviously, if, you know, they cancel after the season's finished in the winter, uh, or they don't, you know, want to renew, come back in the spring, then obviously there's no cancellation policy, right? This, the work season is over. Uh, the But during this, from March until uh, November, if they cancel, then I apply that to cancellation policy. The only time I don't, to be completely fair, is if they're moving. If they're moving and they're selling the house and I, you know, I see a for sale sign and all that sort of stuff. And then they're telling me, you know, they sold the house, they're moving. The end date is, you know, whatever such and such date where the new owners take possession. I don't charge them a cancellation policy for that. That's, you know, that's fair, whatever. Uh, I'm not going to cancel for that. So I'm, you know, I'm, I've got flexibility in that. I'm not trying to be a total um, goofball about it or anything like that. It's just trying to, the cancellation policy was more because of trying to stop people from uh, only, you know, having me, because I was saying, you know, I'm only taking on, you know, weekly long-term clients or whatever the case may be. Um, And then they would hire you and then cancel you know, come summertime sort of thing. So that's why that, that cancellation policy uh, came into effect. So now to get as a, sort of that explanation of how I do it and how it works to get into the actual uh, meat and potatoes of your question, you asked, how do I, do I charge a higher rate per visit when I go to bi-weekly over the summer? The answer is no, I don't. Uh, if a client is a $50 cut or a $40 cut weekly and it goes to bi-weekly, um, no, because the reason it's going to bi-weekly is because the amount of growth has slowed down um, enough that um, it's warranting um, being cut only every two weeks. And remember, it's at my discretion, not the customer's discretion. The customer's not deciding whether uh, it goes to a, a bi-weekly cut or not. I'm the one to decide. So it's not an automatic thing. It's not like um, July 1st, they're all those, you know, those uh, half of the clients that don't hear water or whatever go to bi-weekly. It's a week to week thing. So as lawns start to dry out, I'll have some that, uh, might need bi-weekly or you're already showing those signs that they're drying, drying out. And I know right away, okay, I'm going to start skipping this lawn. But then there'll be other ones that may go two or three more weeks. I have some that may go all the way through July uh, before they get a bi-weekly cut and maybe they are only bi-weekly uh, in August. Uh, so it's uh, each lawn. Uh, I always tell customers, your lawn, when it comes to the summertime, your lawn will dictate the frequency of mowing that I do, right? Whether I put it, some lawns will be right away. Uh, some lawns, you know, cause they're like really bad lawns that are compacted soil and stuff like that. So the roots are compacted. They dry out really fast. Uh, and, you know, you know, right away that those ones are, you know, in some cases in past years, it's like, you know, mid June and they're already starting to dry out. And it's like, oh, you know, I'm just trying to stretch it into July doing the weekly cutting. And then I'm skipping them right away, July 1st. Uh, 
where other ones, like I say, they can go all the way to the end of July. And then, of course, the other half of clients that water and fertilize, I'm cutting them every week throughout the whole summer, throughout the whole season. So because I'm the one that is at my discretion, whether I choose to mow their lawn weekly or biweekly in the summer, I don't change the price uh, because... I'm the one that's deciding, right? And because I can kind of tell by the amount of clippings I'm collecting. And that's the other thing too, right? Because I'm collecting clippings, it makes it a lot easier for me to judge uh, because I'm always bagging lawn. So I know that, you know, this typically this lawn, maybe I got to empty the bag twice or whatever. Now it's, you know, once um, in the summertime every two weeks. So I'm not going to raise their price because, you know, it's literally half the amount of clippings I would normally do on a weekly basis. Uh it, you know, so it's, I'm still cutting, I'm still maintaining the lawn, I'm still, you know, doing all that sort of stuff. But it's, it's not in that sort of a situation. Uh, so it's not the same as, you know, you mowing a biweekly cut um, on a regular basis throughout the season, uh, because that, you know, lawn should really be a weekly cut. So you'd be raising the price on a biweekly cut because it should have been uh, cut weekly anyways. This is the opposite. This is, you know, the lawn's growth has slowed down. So I'm doing it on a biweekly version. But as soon as the rain picks up and all that stuff and that lawn starts growing, it goes back to weekly at my discretion. So I don't raise the price. The customer's price is the price uh, per mow. Um, so yes, I do make less income, uh, in the summer months, uh, because that's just the way it is. You know, you know, half of the clients or so, uh, or a third of the clients, whatever the case you know, every year, it's different are only going to need a biweekly cut. So I'm not doing as much lawn cutting. Uh, but as I've explained in past episodes, I've come to terms with that. I know that that is just part of how I run my business, uh, and I don't really worry about it. I, you know, has, uh, you know, learned the art of the squirrel. I have money uh, saved away for these times of years, uh, and for me, I've been very good about that sort of thing, about the budgeting and all that sort of stuff. And you know, I still am able to go and enjoy vacations and things like that. Uh, and go out through the summer and uh, because my wife's a teacher she's off for the summer the kids are usually off for the summer uh, because of school and stuff like that so you know we just you know take it as a sort of a blessing that uh, we're able to enjoy family time throughout the summer do our vacations together go camping all that sort of stuff and um, you know every uh, you know every second week, uh, basically I'm got a lot of availability cause I just have to cut lawns on that Wednesday. And, uh, because I don't promise people those extra jobs, um, you know, if we've got a trip planned or something like that, I don't have to worry about it. And then, you know, if we don't have anything special planned, then I can knock out those extra jobs on those other days on that uh, alternating week, uh, throughout the summer. So it, in terms of flexibility and all that stuff in the business, it has been fantastic. I would never go back to doing it any other way uh, than doing this sort of weekly as needed service uh, and having that much flexibility and freedom because that is my driving factor for me uh, in my lawn care business. So that's the first part of your question. I do not raise the price because of that. Uh, So, uh, 
Would you recommend I wait until next spring to pitch this idea? Should I try it now before the fall rains start up again? Keep up the good work with Baga. So uh, I would personally, um, because it's a pretty drastic change uh, to force customers um, to a weekly cut, uh, you could, I, w- I would say that I would probably wait until next season to make it mandatory I would float the idea to customers. I would hint to them that it really needs a weekly cut. Um, and that, um, you know, maybe that it's not working out for you because of that. You know, it's a lot of, a lot of extra work. Um, it's taking you a lot longer. You can kind of explain it to them and see if uh, customers will go for it. Um, and maybe hint that next year it will be mandatory. Um, you could try that and see if some customers kind of, uh, you know, um, are reasonable and understand that the ones that are reasonable, the ones that, you know, um, uh, I found that some of them are pretty good and they'll, you know, if you explain it to them, they will, uh, allow you to do the weekly cutting. The ones that are those sort of, uh, just the cheapest, you know, they're just want they don't care about the lawn. They don't care what it looks like, all that sort of stuff. Those are the ones that aren't going to care uh, that it takes you long. It'll be like too bad, so sad sort of a scenario. So that, you know, it's completely up to you. If it's something that is a pain point for you that you don't want to continue, then, you know, you could uh, force them to um, switch over, but you risk them canceling service and you have to be okay with that. Um, but you're going into a busy, you know, time of year with fall cleanups and stuff like that. So, you know, and then ultimately a winter season. Um, so I think personally, I would just plan for next year that that's what is going to happen. Uh, and, you know, just continue the way you have it this year. Maybe, like I said, I would hint to customers that it needs to be really needs to be cut weekly, uh, but be flexible about it. Um, and then, you know, take advantage of those leaf cleanups and all that stuff that those customers jobs may provide those extra jobs for this season, so that you're not uh, hurting yourself financially going into the winter. Uh, but hint to them that, hey, next year, then, uh, you know, I'm going to be changing next year to a mandatory weekly only, weekly as needed sort of system. Um, and, you know, they'll have plenty of opportunity to decide uh, come the spring whether they want you to come back with that new system. And then I would just, you know, get all those policies in place, your your cancellation policy, all that sort of stuff honed in for next season and then you could send a letter out to all your customers at the beginning of the season and let them know and then get them you know all to accept that uh, before you start and then you know there's the transition those that don't like it can move on but at least now it's the springtime when you've done it and the calls are uh, you know at the busiest uh, sort of time so you can quickly replace those clients uh, with clients that are now new weekly clients because you would only be taking on uh, weekly clients at that time. So I think that's uh, the way I would go about it um, personally as well. I see the season when I commit to a client at the beginning of the season, like I say, I the client is really the, I know a lot of people say, you know, you fire a client and stuff and it's, I've done it in the past, but very rarely uh, do I fire a customer. Um, 
I really take the commitment part of it uh, serious. If I've committed to a price, even if I've priced it wrong or something like that, I will, you know, a lot of times just um, uh, stick it out for that season uh, and and then just change the price the next season. I'm, I'm uh, you know, a big proponent of just, you know, every spring sort of having your chain, your price change stuff. Mid-season, I think, is kind of, kind of puts your company at a bad light, I think, uh, because it's sort of the mid-season. So now there are some exceptions, of course. There's some things that are out of your control, you know, gas prices and things that, that can skyrocket so much and things like that. But that's why it's nice having all those policies in place when you're doing your quotes and having it written, because you can have all that written like I do, where it says, you know, um, you know, gas surcharges and things like that may be put into effect if gas you know, prices go above, you know, how much per gallon or how much per liter or whatever the case may be. Uh, that way it's all laid out, uh, all those policies. And it's so important to have that sort of maintenance uh, agreement uh, at the beginning of the season, at the beginning of uh, when you're hiring new customers, because there's no um, surprises then, you know, when leaves fall, all that sort of stuff, things you don't think of. Uh, like for me, leaves were a big thing where I would, you know, I'd go to look for look at a lawn uh, to price out and I'd be looking at the lawn. I wouldn't even looking at the trees uh, and thinking about the leaves that are going to be falling. And then, you know, it would be like uh, three quarters of the season done. And then I'm showing up in, you know, October and coming up one day and all of a sudden the lawn is covered in leaves. And it's like, okay, now what do I do? I'd never talked to the customer about cleaning the leaves or things like that. Are they going to be okay with that? Are they going to be, you know, should I clean it? Should I not clean it? You know, and charge a credit card, all this sort of stuff. So having that all, you know, written out that, hey, there's going to be surcharge if I show up and their lawn is covered in leaves or if the lawn's covered in dog poop, there's going to be surcharge. Uh, or we don't move trampolines, you know, all that sort of stuff, uh, toys all over the lawn, furniture, all that sort of stuff for show up, um, uh, having those policies all laid out, the cancellation policy, the explaining the whole weekly as needed service, uh, and that you return to, you know, uh, or that the, uh, service is, um, laid out uh, and that it's your discretion um, whether you are going to a bi-weekly or you know at what time in the summer all that sort of stuff having that all laid out in the beginning it may seem like a lot when you're submitting a quote and you have like all these paragraphs of all this stuff but it's you know it very professional right because then there's no if they have a question it can usually be answered by them reading that service agreement and you know, when they forget or they try to email you or something like that, um, I just refer them back to the terms and conditions in that agreement. I literally can, you know, just say, hey, uh, here's, uh, you know, forward their message back to them with the original quote with them accepting it and those terms and conditions that were there uh, that they have, right? And that they agreed to. And it makes it very, very simple. All of those policies, all that sort of stuff. And, uh, like I say, I have found it to be uh, great, but I'm always refining it, right? All these years, every time some other new thing happens, um, like I, you know, recent, I've never had a cancellation policy until recently and then found that, hey, started seeing this trend of, yeah, this is happening every, you know, one or two clients a year, new clients where they're hiring me in the spring, I'm mowing and then summer comes and then they're um, kind of getting through like a loophole of just canceling service come summertime uh, because they don't want to cut during the summer because it's not growing as much, right? They don't even want the two week thing, right? And it's like, well, now I'm kind of losing out here because 
because not only have I lost the customer, I've said no to new clients because my schedule is full. And, um, you know, I worked a lot of extra time on that particular lawn when it was wet and nasty and stuff like that. And, you know, didn't really, you know, had to work a lot of extra time, but I had already quoted them a set price because it's not a not variable pricing it's you know a set price because everybody wants a set price they don't want to know you're gonna you know have a different price each time so then you know i would normally make that up in those summer months where it's faster for me to mow every couple weeks uh for those lawns because you know i'm not bagging i'm not having to edge all the time all that sort of stuff uh but now they've canceled service so i don't get to make up uh, and have it sort of even out so i always say that sort of stuff i explain to them those customers that do complain about it I explained to them all about that, about the rain, how long it takes thing. And it kind of, you know, at the end, it all, you know, evens out um, in terms of that versus if I had variable pricing and was charging them more in the spring than less in the summer and all that sort of stuff, it would all equal the same anyways. Uh, and, uh, you know, the whole scheduling and all that sort of stuff. And like I say, most of them understand. Uh, and most of them, you know, I've even had some whose lawn, they don't need cutting every week. And they're, you know, you get that, uh, opposite end of the spectrum and they're like no, no no cut it every week like you have to make money you have to survive how do you survive not coming every week uh sort of thing right and you get that opposite end, end of this the spectrum as well from clients i'm like no no don't worry about it. i'm not going to come every week because it definitely does not need a cut every week but you know as long as you know you're fine with me coming every second week uh in the summertime for your particular lawn then it's all good i'm good with that so you get that uh, kind of end of the spectrum, but uh, yeah, definitely, uh, hopefully, um, I would recommend to anybody to do that sort of a system, a weekly as needed system. I think it's, uh, from, well, at least from my experience, the most efficient, it's the fairest way to do it. Most customers understand it's fair because it's, you know, every lawn is different in terms of the summertime mowing schedule. Uh, and that uh, as long as it's all up to your discretion, there is no, um, you know, uh, set time uh, especially now with climate change and stuff like this year is a prime example i went weekly with every client through july uh right to the end of july i only started uh, those clients with the bi-weekly cutting this year the ones that did need it in august and uh, that's when it got dry enough where uh, i didn't need to cut them uh, every week uh, and now september i was thinking okay maybe the the whole climate change thing is going to kind of push it maybe september is going to be continue to be bi-weekly but it's starting to see i can already see the weather changing i can already see the cooler temperatures in the morning the dew uh, in the morning and uh uh, so, and I can see my own back lawn that started to turn green and stuff like that. And I can see the changes in the growth. I mowed my lawn, uh, and then, uh, my front lawn, which tends to be the driest, uh, of my lawns. Uh, I mowed it. And then within the next week, I could already see that it was getting kind of, uh, picking up a lot quicker where, you know, throughout the, the middle of August and stuff like that, uh, you know, I could go three weeks without mowing my lawn, um, in the front. So, I'm starting to see the change. So I'm like, well, and you know, it's like clockwork in September, right? The rain is going to come in regardless. And, and everybody goes back to weekly mowing. I do my fertilizers this week and that's really going to kick uh, those other ones into a high growth. And then, uh, you know, kind of uh, finish off the season with a big bush. So hopefully uh, this answers your question, Louie. Thank you so much for sending it in. And hopefully uh, that uh, offered enough value for all the rest of you guys listening to this uh, to see how it is, you know, sort of how I've run my uh, lawn care business the last uh, 17 years and um, 
uh, you know, and, and what's worked for me. It may not work for you, like I always say, uh, but uh, it's, you know, what I have found to be the most efficient sort of system uh, and uh, just for me has been a fantastic uh, way to do it. So uh, that's it for this one, guys. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now. <laughs>